Welcome to Freedom, Becoming Fully Alive. In our new series, which begins today, Foolproof Solutions for Impossible Relationships. The subtitle of this would be Becoming Free from the Fool or Fools in Your Life. We're so glad you're here. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for each one that's come. Lord, as we begin today, I pray that we'll start with ourselves, Lord. It's so easy to look around. It's so easy to uh, be more concerned about uh, the faults and the inadequacies of others and not start with ourselves, Lord, and ask you to uh, show us our own hearts and uh, make issues in our own lives. So even today, Lord, even today, with this beginning session, part one of this new series, are we on the path of the simple, the foolish, or the wise? Make that clear to us today, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's where we're going to start today. We're going to start with ourselves. You know that's my approach uh, in training and counseling and all that uh, we do. We never start out there. (laughs) Even when it comes to equipping people to help others, it must start here with personal application because God always does it that way. He wants us to minister out of the overflow of intimacy with him. He wants us to minister out of the overflow of revelation. He wants wants us to give away what we've received. So have we received? May we be more in tune today. And may we see clearly, what path are we on? Are we on the path of the simple? And we're going to define terms today. On the path of a fool or on the path of a wise person? Well, we have a scripture today, and it's found in Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise Wisdom and Discipline. I want to read a story from a book that I'm recommending. We've got it on the table. You can purchase it if you would like. If finances are an issue, we never want finances to be an issue. We'll trust you if you say it's not in the budget, and if it's not in the budget, we'll give you a copy. But if you can pay, that'd be wonderful too. If you can pay for several copies, we'll receive that with joy too. But here's the book that has inspired this series. It's called Foolproofing Your Life, Wisdom for Untangling Your Most Difficult Relationships by Jan Silvius. This book is a home run. It's filled with wisdom, and it's been very helpful, and it has inspired this series. Let me read a little excerpt to whet your appetite. It's on page 56. It speaks of a fool being complacent. When those who think, when those who think like fools have established themselves within their self-protective environment, They are at rest. Proverbs contains a short statement that that describes this state, this, uh, this condition. For the waywardness of the simple, or the naive, shall kill them, and the complacency of fools shall destroy them. Proverbs 132. Complacency in this context implies restfulness, peacefulness, satisfaction, Even a fool's own sin doesn't bother him. Since fools are their own judge and jury, they're confident in declaring themselves innocent. They are perfectly content with themselves. They know who they are. But do they? 
We know one or two people like, we all know one or two people like Ella. She's a complacent older lady who, use, who has used her rapier, which means a long two-edged sword, tongue, and sarcastic words to communicate her will and ways to those who call her near and dear. Her own grandchildren avoid her. One even asked his dad, is Granny Ella the Antichrist? <laughs> Through the years, Ella's sisters have talked with her about her tongue. Her, her very own sisters have talked to her about her tongue. Her long-suffering husband has tried to reason with her. Even her two daughters, whom she brags about behind their backs, asked her to think about what her words were doing to their children. But with her usual bravado, Ella replied, I'm not hurting those kids. I don't say anything they haven't heard on TV. You two are just a couple of bleeding hearts. You have never had any starch in your backbones. Proverbs 14.9 says, Fools mock making amends for sin. Trying to get Ella to change is an impossible task because she is complacent about her sin. She is unmoved by the appeals of those she claims to love. She is insulated in her own world and has no intention of letting anyone rock her boat. When anyone dares to mention that she might need to curb her tongue, she acts hurt. The tears come. You don't understand, she gushes forth. And the person who has dared to confront her feels confused and guilty. Everyone feels bad except Ella. She's satisfied. If you've had such a person in your life, you know how it is. It's the wildest thing. You know you're right. You've got the correct assessment of the situation. And you believe you should say something. But the minute you do, it all gets turned around and somehow you become the troublemaker. Does that sound familiar? That is just an example. There's many other stories in here that will uh, give further definition. But let's take a look at this subject in greater detail with definition. As a part of giving definition today, I don't want to talk about just the fool. And by the way, last time we met, you remember, um, lest we be concerned with using that word in, the, uh, in chapter 5 of uh, Matthew, where it speaks of not calling anybody a fool, we need to keep in mind the context of that is not, is not that we can't agree with God. It's not that we can't have discernment. It's not that there can't be observable phenomenon in a particular situation. Uh, we just don't want to be calling, um, you know, writing people off, judging them unrighteously, uh, name-calling, and calling somebody a fool out of anger. But if somebody fits the biblical description of a fool, should we ignore that? Now, we don't have to tell them that, but do we need to know how to relate to them if that's their behavior? That's, that's what this series is about. That's where we're going. But where we're starting is, how about your life? Are you on the path of a simple person yourself? Are you on the path of a fool yourself? Are you on the path of the wise? In order to better understand what we mean by fool, we need to start with what the Bible uh, means when it refers to the simple. And I'm going to go back to what it says in Proverbs 132. 
It says, the waywardness of the simple will kill them. Waywardness means insistent upon one's own way, insistent upon one's own way, and contrary to the advice of others, and the wishes of others, or the commands of others, headstrong, willful, and disobedient. All of that refers to being wayward. The waywardness of the simple will kill them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. The complacency, and we just read an example of complacency with Ella. It's like she wasn't, she didn't see it. She didn't see. There was definitely a blind spot there. And she, everything was fine as far as she was concerned. And if you had a problem with her, then you've got the problem. And you are the problem. Complacency referring to being self-satisfied, restful in that, peaceful in that. And uh, even the sin of a fool doesn't bother them. They don't, they don't see it. What does it mean to be simple? Having or showing little sense or reasoning ability. Easily misled or deceived. Lacking in sound judgment. Undisciplined. Ignorant of God's word. No foundation. Naive or a value system. It could be a person, for example, who has uh, even been exposed to a lot of truth and maybe brought up in a Christian home, and they know the way, intellectually at least, but they haven't embraced the way. They haven't owned the way. They know to some degree, but they haven't owned it for themselves. And they really aren't seeking they really aren't interested. They really aren't concerned. It's a dangerous place to be. The simple need prudence. And what is prudence? To be prudent, Proverbs speaks of this in the first chapter of Proverbs, capable of exercising sound judgment in practical matters, cautious or discreet in conduct, sensible, not rash, Circumspect. What does circumspect mean? Carefully attentive to all the circumstances that may relate, that may relate to a particular action, judgment, or conduct. Cautious, careful. In other words, not impulsive, not running at the mouth, not rattling, but aware. There's discretion. I believe that, and we'll talk more about fools in a moment and what that really means, I believe that fools don't start off being fools. I believe they start off being simple. And then they're on the path of the simple, and you know how it is, sometimes a street is named one thing when it begins, and then somewhere along the line, the sign at the intersection changes, and it's called something else. And that's what happens, I believe, in the life of a fool. They started off simple. They weren't seeking. They may have known the truth. They weren't given to it. They didn't own it. A lot of information, a lot of head knowledge, perhaps, a lot of people around them living with wisdom, perhaps. They started off simple, and then they came to an intersection, and the, the name of the street changed, 
and it became the way of a fool. And we'll talk about that in a moment. What God would want, though, is for them to come to that intersection and make a spiritual U-turn and go the way of the wise. The way of the wise. We really have a choice. If we're walking on the path of the simple, it's not too late. It's not too late to turn. But one thing for sure, when the name of the street changes and it becomes the path of the fool, the longer we're on that path, the harder it will be to change. The less motivated we'll be and the darker it will be. The more hardened that we will be and the more dangerous that path will be. I'm saying that today because my prayer is that starting with us, there'll be an awakening here today. If there's any complacency in this room, there'll be an awakening today. If there's any, if there's any waywardness in us, there'll be an awakening today because we'll know that if we're on the path of even the simple, we're on a dangerous path. And the longer we're on the path of the fool, the less we will care and the more likely we will mock even somebody like me who's saying what I'm saying. It's like, oh, Steve doesn't know what he's talking about. The mocking of a fool is a dangerous attitude. So I pray this will help us today, not only here, but it'll help us as we relate to the fools in our lives, those impossible situations, and that we'll be free from their web, we'll be free from their control, and we'll know what it means to love them wisely. To love them, yes, but to love them wisely and not keep giving away parts of ourselves to keep them happy, and pretty soon we become a non-person. What does a fool look like? Here again, I'm not name-calling. Here again, I'm not slamming anybody, throwing anybody away, writing anybody off. It's all motivated out of love. God is love, and he confronts, he disciplines out of love. But a fool is one who knows or hears the truth, but believes that his way is best. It reminds me of what it says in Proverbs. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it ends in death. As we bridge from uh, simple to fool, it reminds me, too, of a similar verse in Proverbs fourteen fifteen, where it says, A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thoughts to his steps. And then, in 22, Proverbs 22, 3, it says, A prudent man sees, sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. So part of what I'm doing today is I'm waving the warning flag, and I'm saying, please be honest with yourself. Please be honest with yourself. May the fear of the Lord be in our, in our midst. The fear of the Lord, taking him very seriously not taking ourselves too seriously, not taking others too seriously, revering him, worshiping him, totally dependent upon him, realizing that if we see, we only see in part, only he sees perfectly. If we think we are positive about something, if we're agreeing with God, we're right. But we have an imperfect picture 
and we need to hold even our perceptions loosely and make sure they're rooted in the Word of God. The fool is one who knows or hears the truth but believes his way is best. There's a Hebrew, there are three Hebrew words in review. We talked about this last time, but for those of you that are new today, the first one is spelled K-E-S-I-L. It means thick-headed, stubborn, and rejecting information. Now remember, right away we see a difference between the simple and the fool. The simple doesn't necessarily reject. And the simple might smile to your face and say, okay, and then they just do something else. They don't heed it. They don't own it. They're not necessarily rebelling. It's a form of rebellion, of course. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. And not to obey the Lord is rebellion. But it's, for the simple, it's not like it's a contrary spirit and an over-rebellion. It's more of a taking in the information and, yeah, that's what you're saying to do, but I'm, I'm going to do this. As opposed to, no way, I'm not going to do what you want. You're not going to tell me what to do. That's more the attitude of the simple. In Proverbs 15, 14, the discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. Isn't it interesting, the contrast right in that in that uh, verse. And folly, of course, means a lack of understanding, sense, or rational conduct. Foolish. A discerning heart seeks knowledge. In other words, a discerning heart is, is, doesn't have as its goal to be right. The discerning heart doesn't have to announce what I see and this is what I believe and, you know, trying to impress you. This is what I think. I'm right. The discerning heart may not say a word, but is seeking to understand and really wants to see it from God's point of view. But notice the contrast. It goes from a discerning heart, ears, eyes, see, to mouth. (laughs) The mouth of the fool feeds on folly. And we'll read some other verses today where the mouth of the fool is a rattling mouth. Fools just love to talk and rattle and stir things up and then just walk away and let everybody else live with the mess. There's another Hebrew word, Nabal, N-A-B-A-L. Remember the character in the Bible? Nabal, married to Abigail. He was a fool. How'd you like to have your name mean fool? And that word means, I will meet my own needs. I am enough. Psalm 14.1 is a verse where that is used. It says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now that, that's, that's taking it to the extreme, isn't it? A fool to the extreme. A fool to the extreme. Just remember, as you remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about... Uh, Duplicity. The extreme of duplicity is a double life. And that man, the story of Sam that I was telling, where he lived that double life to the extreme, that double life of immorality to the extreme. The seedbed was common to man, the seedbed of unforgiveness toward his wife, and even real resentment and bitterness toward his wife, and resentment and unforgiveness toward his father who committed suicide, and his mother who was controlling. The seedbed was common to man. That was not unusual at all. But he lived out extreme behavior for 15 years. 
and would leave family gatherings and have a sexual relationship or a sexual experience or contact before he came back with the ice cream from the grocery store. Or go to the tailor to pick up the dry cleaning and before he left have a sexual encounter with the lady behind the counter and go into a restaurant or a public place and he could see the people who were weak and vulnerable and he could have what he wanted. A life of duplicity, a life of a fool, to the extreme. But the, the seedbed was not unusual. And so it is a fool who says in his heart, there is no God. That is to the extreme. But a fool can be a fool and say, oh yeah, there's a God. I even believe in him. I've even, I'm even submitted to him. I even love him. I'm even going to heaven when I die. And the havoc they wreck in families, the control and manipulation, the emotional games they play are diabolical and mind-twisting and bizarre. And it's the life of a fool. Another Hebrew word, E-W-I-L, hardened and unbending. And that is taken from the verse, our theme verse for this session. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Notice that. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. I'd like to read some other verses just to uh, make provision to saturate ourselves in the truth of God's word here today. And notice the contrast as we go from simple to fool and now to wise. I'll emphasize the wise in these verses because the contrast will help us. And many of these verses are contrasting the fool with the wise to help us understand both. Proverbs 10:8, the wise in heart accept commands. The wise in heart are teachable. They're, they're willing to submit to authority. They're willing to come under authority. And not just yes on the outside, but no on the inside. It's yes, yes. They accept. They submit. But the chattering fool comes to ruin. And there it is again. The chattering fool. Just running at the mouth. Proverbs 10.18, he who conceals his hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Isn't that interesting? One who spreads slander, one who speaks ill of others, not in a discerning way. You know, it's one thing in the context of being a part of the solution and love and care for another person, observable phenomenon, agreeing with God with a redemptive heart, But slander is tearing the person down, not caring about them at all, feeling good that you're talking about them, like a juicy morsel that you've got some information and that somebody else has got some information and let's just talk about this other person and talk ill of them and tear them down. For some, and I think it's true of a fool, for a fool, bad news is good news. When things are falling apart in the lives of others and the misfortune of others become public knowledge or the fool becomes aware of it at least, it may not be public, but they are aware, it's almost like they're, 
there's a part of them is glad of the misfortune of others. It's like bad news is good news. And they want to talk about the things that are going on in somebody else's life that are hard and, and death and disease and divorce and other things that are going on. And they, it's just like they feed on that. It's like a fish frenzy. Fish feeding on this. Bad news is good news because I've got something to talk about. And let's rattle away. A fool in his folly or her, her folly. Proverbs 10.23, a fool finds pleasure in evil conduct, but a man of understanding delights in wisdom. Wisdom, and we'll talk more about this, wisdom is seeing things from God's point of view, agreeing with God. Wisdom includes humility and the fear of the Lord. Humility isn't just knowing, but it's doing. Wisdom includes integrity, authenticity, soundness, of character and life and more. Proverbs twelve fifteen: the way of the fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Teachable. A wise man listens to a, a fool. You can't tell a fool anything. A fool will not listen to anything. A fool is not teachable. A wise person is teachable. A fool is not teachable. Whereas the simple might be a, have a degree of teachability, but they, their application is very inconsistent. They, they, they basically are just living a life of doing what they feel like doing. They're living in ignorance. I'm speaking to the simple now. But there is no excuse for in, uh, ignorance because we are responsible not only for what we know, but we're responsible for what we could know. We can't we can't claim ignorance and say, oh, I didn't know that. But we could have known that. Because the person who's wise and teachable and seeking and wants to do things God's way tends to find out what God wants. <laughs> seeking. As opposed to, oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Well, there's always going to be some of that, isn't there? For all of us, there's always going to be. I mean, sinless perfection isn't the goal. I'm talking attitude of heart and the direction of the heart and the pursuit of the heart and the leanings of the heart and the momentum of the heart. Is the momentum toward simple? Is the momentum toward fool? Or is the momentum toward wise? What path are we on? A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil. But a fool is hot-headed and reckless. A fool spurns his father's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. Proverbs 15.2, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Remember I've been mentioning rattling? The mouth of the fool gushes. They just rattle. Much ado about nothing many times. Just rattling. And please don't hear me. Please don't hear me putting anybody down. Please don't hear me judging and condemning. This is, it's, it's curable if we will respond to the Lord. 
what we're talking about is definition today. Because if we have, I mean, if we are on the road of simple or fool, God is calling us to repent today for sure. But then also as we relate, as we relate to a fool or fools in our life, we need wisdom. We need to be free from the fear of man because if we have the fear of man and we let them define us, we are in their web, we are stuck, and they will gradually erode our very personality. We'll allow it to happen. We're doing it to ourselves. Nobody's doing it to us. People only have the power we give them. We've got to be free. We've got to be free to be who we've been created to be. We've got to be free to be sons and daughters, not defined by the fool, not living with fear of man. Are we teachable? Are we humble? Are we willing to be rejected? Are we willing for the fool to write us off and say, I'm not going to have anything to do with you anymore. If that's how you're going to treat me, then I'm gone. You're disinherited, maybe that's it, or I'm never going to come over and see the kids anymore, or I'm, you're not welcome in my home anymore, or the silent treatment, you call them, you leave messages, they never return. They're going to make you pay with their silence. Some will make you pay with their tongues. Others will make you pay with their silence and their passivity, but they're going to make you pay. Are you willing to let them go? Mindy had a wonderful word picture here this past week. It's worth repeating, but I'm going to introduce it today. Imagine for a moment you're climbing a mountain. Many times when people are climbing mountains, they're not climbing alone. That, that's wisdom. <laughs> In fact, the more, the more challenging the mountain, the more wise it is to have somebody with you. So imagine, for, imagine this. There are three of you climbing, and it reminds me of a movie that we saw once where two sons and a father were climbing, and they got in trouble. And the father slipped, and he was hanging below all of them. And he said, cut me loose, or we're all going to die. Can you imagine being put in that position? Can you imagine having your father hanging or a significant other hanging there at the end of the rope. You're tied together. You're linked together. You're climbing this mountain together. And if you don't cut him loose, then you all go down. They cut him loose. And of course, the movie goes on to tell a different story, which I won't get into the story of the movie. But when Mindy shared that the other day, I thought, that's it. That is, and I'm not saying the father in the movie is a fool, by the way, but just the word picture of it all. If you are in relationship with a fool or fools, and if you don't cut them loose, you will go down with them. And what does go down mean? It'll be what I've said. You'll be giving away parts of yourself to appease them. And It'll never be enough. It's a black hole. It's impossible. They can't be the goal. They can't be the definer. They can't be what your life revolves around. And if it is to your own detriment, you'll continue to give away parts of yourself, and pretty soon you won't even know who you are. You won't even be able to think straight. You won't know what you think. You won't know what you feel. You'll be so defined by them. You'll see, feel such a failure. You'll live in such ambivalence. You'll have a love-hate relationship with them. It'll either be hate-hate or love-hate. 
part of what we're going to be talking about in this series, and it's not like it's going to be all clear and defined today, but this is the start. Foolproofing your life includes cutting the rope. The fools have to go. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean you, in a marriage, that doesn't mean automatically that, well, that must mean divorce them. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You could divorce someone and they could control you from the other side of the planet, married to two or three people ten years later. They could have gone through two or three marriages over the span of ten or fifteen years. You haven't seen them since and they're still controlling you. Or it's somebody that died ten years ago and they're still controlling you. Absence of the visual, not being in relationship with them, not being able to see and talk to them, doesn't free you from them. So divorce isn't the answer. We're going to be talking about what those answers are, though. That's the name of this series. Foolproof, foolproof, solutions for, let's go to the extreme, impossible relationships. Does anybody have one of those? Any of those? Does anybody? I've had some of those. <laughs> and that's, that's no condemnation or no bad on anybody else. That's life on planet Earth. That's part of the training. That's part of the molding and the shaping. That's part of what God lets us go through. And what he allows we must need. That's what I go by. Because our response is what he's interested in. As it relates to us. So I thought that was a beautiful word picture. When Mindy shared that, I thought, honey, that's it. What a beautiful picture. We're climbing. We're linked to the fool. And if we don't cut them loose, we'll go down with them. And you know what? We don't have to. But can you live without them? You know the saying, I can't live with him and I can't live without him. I'd say anybody that says I can't live with him or her and I can't live without him or her, you're dealing with a fool. The answer is going to include living with them on God's terms, not theirs. Not theirs. And you've got to be willing to settle things at the extreme because temporarily speaking, as it relates to a family member, for example, a brother, sister, a significant other, it might mean that they give you the silent treatment for 10 or 15 or more years. If it relates to a child, you're the parent, the child is the child, we need wise love. And we need to be willing to let them experience life, the pain of life. If they won't listen to us, they'll listen to life. Maybe, but maybe not. What will it take? What will it take? As part of the ministry of Completing Christ Ministry, we have a team that goes down to Douglas County Corrections on a weekly basis. And that doesn't make those guys in the uh, life learning dorm of Douglas County second class citizens. What will it take? And perhaps all of us in this room have done things that could have put us there, so it's not like we're better than them. But they, the truest thing is they put themselves there. And they're not automatically going to change. Three months, a year, seven, ten, maybe not all at Douglas County, the penitentiary in Lincoln. What is it going to take? What will it take for the awakening to come? What will it take? 
What will it take? You know, you, when, you, when you're relating to a son or a daughter, a significant other, and it's like you let them go, and it's like, are you willing to pray, Lord, whatever it takes? Oh, what, what, what that might take, what, what if they die? Well, we don't want them to die. Lord, protect them from themselves. Protect them. Yes, 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 we pray into that. But whatever it takes, are we willing to pray that kind of a prayer? And realize they may lose everything. They may lose something that we don't want them to lose. But if they come to their senses, if they become a wise person who gets on the wise path, living for the glory of God, is it worth it? We have to answer that honestly, don't we? But if we're on the path of the simple ourselves, it won't be worth it. And if we're on the path of the foolish, we won't see it. It's only when we get on the path of the, pride, of the wise that we understand what it takes. It took Jesus Christ dying a death for us on the cross that he did not deserve to die. He was not a victim. He came to do the will of the Father. Can you imagine what he went through in his humanity? Like nobody has ever gone through misunderstood, rejected, all of the religious, religiosity. It was, oh, I can't imagine. And for the whole human race. Amazing, amazing, a gr amazing grace. The price of freedom. The price of freedom purchased. The price of freedom for us will require us giving up our lives and to be willing to die daily, to be willing to be, to be of no reputation. And it's a process. No matter what you decide today, no matter what is in your heart today, and you could be totally humbly and thoroughly repentant today, but tomorrow will be a new day. Will you walk in it tomorrow? His, mercy, his mercies will be new tomorrow. You don't need tomorrow's grace today. We've got all we need today. <laughs> Don't live in the future. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in him. Today is the day of salvation. Today is manna from heaven. Today is fresh bread from heaven. Today we have all that we need. Tomorrow we'll have enough trouble of its own. Don't store up manna. It'll get wormy. It'll rot, just like the Israelites experienced. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. A rebuke impresses a man of discernment more than a hundred lashes a fool. Isn't that interesting? With a teachable heart, think of this. Think of this. With a teachable heart, they, a person who is wise responds to correction. Oh, it may be painful. I can't think of, I can't think of one time I enjoyed being confronted. Can you? I can't think of one time it felt good, and many times I didn't agree with the other person's assessment, at least initially. Eventually I saw more, and I just wanted to see what God wanted me to see. But it's not like, oh good, confront me some more, 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 more. No, 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 I, we don't enjoy that, do we? But are we willing to receive? Are we willing to ask God, Lord, is there a speck of truth in this? Lord, I don't like their presentation. Their presentation is all wrong. I mean, they're attacking, and it's manipulative, it's controlling. But is there one grain of truth in what they're saying? Will we take the truth where we find it? Even from a donkey's mouth, if you will. 
But notice what it says. A, a, a rebuke. A rebuke. A single rebuke. One rebuke. <laughs> Impresses a man of discernment. Affects a man of discernment. Impacts a man of discernment. More than a hundred lashes of a fool. With a fool. You can't reason with a fool. You can't spank the foolishness out of them necessarily. It'll take more than that, though the Bible does give a biblical basis for that. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, and the rod of reproof will drive it from them. That'll be a part of the solution, but even that is not a guarantee. That's why, as a parent, we must be obedience-based. We can't be outcome-based and thinking, well, I've tried this, I've tried that, and well, nothing's working. I guess I'm a failure as a parent. Well, maybe we all fail. We've all failed, haven't we? We must be obedience-based. What does the Bible say to do? We'll do it. I'll be teachable. I need wisdom. I can't see any results today. I'm going to keep obeying God. The harvest hasn't come, but it will. And you're the God of the harvest. I'm not. But a hundred lashes for the one who has become a fool, what impacts them? Words don't impact them. You can't reason with them. You can't talk them into anything. Discipline won't necessarily affect them. It won't necessarily change them. The consequences of life won't necessarily automatically get their attention. What did it take for the prodigal son to come to his senses? It took a lot. He lost his whole inheritance. He ended up in the pig pen. He had nothing, and nobody was there for him. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. He came to his senses. But it's not automatic. Don't live for the fool to come to his or her senses. Don't let your life revolve around them. Don't hold your breath. Don't let them be the center of your universe. If you do, you will be, they will be your definition. And how their life turns out will be your legacy. But that is not what God has in mind. He wants to be our legacy. He wants to be the, the source and the sufficiency and the director of our destiny. He doesn't want another human being to hold the keys to our legacy or destiny. Or we're guilty of idolatry, if we're going to call it what God calls it. Oh, there's many more verses, but let me wrap up a few. Then we've got to have some table talk. There's many more. Just to give you a sneak preview for next week, something that will relate to our next time. Proverbs 26.4, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you'll be like him yourself. The very next verse, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. What do we do? In one verse it says, Don't answer them, or you'll be like them. In the very next verse it says, Answer them, or they'll be wise in their own eyes. What do we do? We need wisdom, don't we? <laughs> it's a wisdom issue. It's a wisdom issue. Are we willing to let them rattle on and pray they'll be convicted? Or are we willing to speak the truth, deliver the package of truth, they get all bent out of shape, try to turn the tables on us, we stay out of the web because we don't make agreement the goal, we don't make being understood the goal, and we don't make being right the goal. If they want to live in that web, they can live in that web. If they want to live in the land of foolishness, they can live there, but that's not my address. I'm not going to live there. We need wisdom. Next week we'll talk more about that. Before we get to our table talk, I want to just read one more thing. It's the parable of the rich fool. It's found in Luke. 
12. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, referring to Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus says, man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to